Now, we are going to look a little later on in the service at what I believe to be a wonderful catchphrase for the Christian faith. But first, I wonder how well you know your famous sayings and those who said them. I thought we would begin this morning with a little bit of a quiz. So I'm going to give you a catchphrase, and all you need to do is see if you can work out who said it. So, number one, to infinity and beyond. Yes, Samuel! Buzz Lightyear, absolutely! Next one. Nice to see you, to see you. Excellent, and who said it? Yes, amazing. Next one. Here's one I made earlier. Blue Peter, yes, Sue's got it right at the front, amazing. Number four, simples. Yes, absolutely, Andrew. Compare the meerkat or compare the market. Next one, Samuel, I'm counting on you and coming back to Disney again. Ahana means family. Family means no one gets left behind. Oh, Samuel. It's not Moana, no. Oh, sorry. Fair enough. Anybody know? It's not the Lion King, no. It's from Lilo and Stitch. Okay, next one. I have a cunning plan. Yes, what show is it from? Perfect, I didn't know the actual person, but that's amazing. I've learned something new this morning. Okay, next one. Think happy thoughts. We're back to Disney again for this one. Any guesses at Disney movies? Not Inside Out, no. Older than Inside Out. It's Peter Pan. Peter Pan. And the final one, I learned this one when I was looking them up the other day. Geronimo. Anybody know where the phrase Geronimo first started? No, no. Quite a long time ago. It was, this is what it told me on the internet. Ever since World War II, American paratroopers have cried out the name of the Apache war chief Geronimo when leaping from their aircraft. And that is where that phrase started from. Now I wonder, we know those catchphrases because they are used a lot by people, by particular people, and we learn something of that person, perhaps through that catchphrase. But I wonder if you had a catchphrase for your life, what would it be? Would we learn anything about you from that catchphrase? As we consider the catchphrases we have just heard, they stick in our minds because they're phrases that are used a lot or philosophies that are lived by. As we come back to Buzz Lightyear, to infinity and beyond, we learn quite simply that he is a spaceman and that he uses that phrase a lot because of that. As we look to something like Think Happy Thoughts from Peter Pan, we hear something of the philosophy that he is encouraging Wendy and others to live by. Now, I love the phrase that Job uses uh, in the reading that we are going to hear a little bit later on. Job simply says, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. Whether we are journeying through life's highs or life's lows, 
whether all is going well or we are struggling, Jesus is alive and reigning. And he promises to be with us through it all. Despite the trials and tribulations that Job is facing, in this moment, he chooses to cling on to that catchphrase. I know that my Redeemer lives. Now, Peter, in his epistle in the New Testament of the Bible, he encourages us that we should always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. I wonder if we looked at Job's story at the time. I wonder what impact his words would have had on those around him. Job declaring, in the midst of the chaos that was going on, I know that my Redeemer lives. I wonder what a stand for hope that would have been to those around him. And so my challenge this week is how can we live our lives through words and action so that we would point to the hope that we have in Jesus, so that we would point to the one for whom we can declare, I know that my Redeemer lives. Job 19, 23, 27a. Oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead, or engraved in rock forever. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I will see, I, I myself will see him with my own eyes. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much, Samuel. Sorry. You've got some amazing after the service. I would love to see your marine paratroopers. Fantastic. But for now, I am going to share with all of you an update on the work of Wickham Youth for Christ. So the last time I was here was just under 12 months ago. And when I was last here, I was sharing of a project that we were soon to be beginning. Encounter. Now, Encounter is a monthly worship service and it's aimed at those in secondary school. The vision of Encounter is threefold that it will be a place, quite simply, where young people encounter God, that it will be a place where young people feel able to invite their friends along to, and that it will be a place where young people can put their gifts and their talents to the test, giving different areas of leadership ago. So as I say, this time last year, we were just making our final preparations for the first ever event. I'm delighted to say that we have now had nine events and the next will be happening next Sunday. And over those months, we have seen a real growth in the number of young people expressing an interest to serve at the events in different ways. In July, we had seven young people from three different churches in a worship band playing together. They met just a couple of hours prior to the event to rehearse. And what a joy it was to hear the united sound of praise they made. As the band led us, it was amazing to look across the room, to see the young people using that space to encounter God in a way that worked for them. Some were kneeling in worship, Others' arms were lifted high. Some were engaging with creative prayer activities. One young person has commented that the worship at Encounter is entirely different to that of their church. 
but they really value having the opportunity to experience those different styles of worship. Now, this year, we had the absolute privilege of supporting Lighthouses again. I'm sure many of you will have heard of Lighthouse, perhaps even been involved. And one of the Lighthouses this year that we had the joy of being at was Lighthouse Cressex. And we were involved uh, during the week in supporting some events that were running for the Lamplighters. Now, on the Thursday of that week, uh, one of our colleagues, Darren, had spoken that morning. He had spoken about having a boldness to step out of the boat, as Peter did, to consider what that might look like for each of us during that day. Now, when you stand at the front and speak, you don't really necessarily know what's going on in those that are listening. But we had the absolute joy later on that day, as we were walking around the site, of being able to pause and chat with one of the lamplighters that was listening, one of the young leaders, a 14-year-old who had been really touched that morning, who when a group of 10-year-olds said, can we pray for you? Her prayer request was, actually, can you pray that God would show me what it is that I can do today to step out the boat? It's really stuck with me from this morning, but I don't really know what that means. I don't really know what that looks like. And so we prayed, and then we went on her way, and she carried on with the children that she was working with. We met up with that young person again later that evening at a worship event uh, that Lighthouse had put on for the lamplighters, for the young leaders. And after a time of worship, this young person came forward, grabbed the microphone with such enthusiasm, and just announced that they felt that God wanted them to speak at Encounter. That that was what it meant for them to step out of the boat. Now, it was an absolute joy to spend time later on with that young person to hear of the journey that God had taken them on. That actually it had taken them about six months wrestling with God as to how they were going to ask to speak, as to what that looks like. And I'm delighted that that young person has now spoken, that that young person spoke at our September event really powerfully on the journey that they had been on, on what it meant for them to step out of the boat. Another young person who spoke at a previous event, they shared that they felt that they were able to invite a non-Christian friend along. Now, that friend didn't come to encounter, but what a witness to them, that even though they may not have stepped into the event, that young person felt able to talk of church, to talk of an opportunity that they had to speak of God to other young people. At our most recent event, following a talk again on the life of Peter and stepping into the areas of leadership that God has called us to, including some practical tips on speaking. One young person, and a young person who had never come to encounter before, this was their first ever time at an encounter event. They came forward at the end and they'd been moved by God to say, actually, do you know what, that's something that I want to give a go. We have been absolutely blown away and blessed beyond measure at some of the glimpses that God has given us into what he is doing among his young people. It's been absolutely incredible to see young people willing to step up and to step out in putting their gifts and their talents to the test. And our hope and our prayer is that it continues to bless them and we continue to see young people stepping out. Another significant area of our ministry is our mentoring and pastoral support work. We are currently mentoring in five primary schools and four secondary schools. And as of Friday, had 61 people, uh, 61 children and young people that we are currently 
working with. We work with young people experience a whole range of challenges, those with anxiety, those who have struggled with self-harm, uh, those facing anger issues, children going through family challenges. The breadth of those that we are able to support is vast. And what's, what's a real privilege for me is that in each and every situation, we're able to go in and say, do you know what, we see you as an individual. We see you as an individual who is loved and cherished by God. And we are here not to tell you what to do, but to support you on your journey. Now, due to the nature of the work, I can't share details of any particular situations. But I do want to share with you just a couple of quotes that we've received from young people. One young person said, I really struggle to trust people, but mentoring has helped build up trust, as I know I can trust you with what I tell you, and that really helps me to be able to share my feelings more freely. In a recent lunchtime club with a pastoral focus, one student said, I can persevere with God's help. I can't do anything without him. On another occasion, a student we were mentoring thanked us for praying and said, I am completely free of a big anxiety and phobia that I've had for a long time. These are just three examples, but I could sh share so many more. Mentoring is a huge privilege, and it's a huge privilege because we have the absolute blessing of going in and representing Jesus to these young people. It is not about what we are able to offer, but about what we see God doing as we minister to these children and young people. And finally, we might only be at the beginning of November, but we are now only three Sundays away from Advent and a stone's throw away from Christmas. And so as you would expect, we are gearing up for plenty of Christmas work. Christmas is an amazing opportunity to share the heart of the Christian faith, that God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, that all who believe in him might have everlasting life. I will forever remember a wonderful conversation that I had with some five and six-year-olds last Christmas. I was running a lunchtime session, and as part of it, we were reading the account of the birth of Jesus in the Jesus Storybook Bible, a Bible I highly recommend if you know any little ones. And so we read this story, and on reaching the end, one of the children turns to me, looks at me, slightly concerned, and says, but Rebecca, where is the cat? Now, I am very confused. I've heard the Christmas story for nearly 30 years, and I have to admit, a cat has never featured in any versions that I have heard. And so we had the opportunity to have an amazing conversation. This child shared that they had recently done their school nativity, and the innkeeper's cat had played a significant role, and she was a little bit concerned that I'd forgotten him out of my story. But what followed was an amazing opportunity to share of the truths of Christmas and the traditions that we've added the truths of what we can read in scripture and the traditions that may well have happened, there may well have been a cat that the innkeeper had, but we don't know. But we can cling on to the truths that we know and that we read in scripture. Now this year, once again, we have the absolute joy of leading Christmas workshops, Christmas assemblies, Christmas clubs. We have the absolute joy of sharing the message of Christmas, the love of God in Christ. 
and we would absolutely love your prayers, that God would be preparing hearts and minds even now to receive the truth and the hope of his message this Christmas. Now I could go on telling stories of where we have seen God at work over recent days and weeks and months. But in a moment, we are going to turn and explore God's word together. If anything in that uh, has left you with any questions or you would like to know more, please do come and chat with Erica or myself after the service. We would love to share more. Our latest newsletter is out and we do have a few copies over here uh, with our display. So do come and grab one of us if there's anything else that you would like to know. But now we are going to turn our attention to the Bible. We have had our first reading by Samuel, and now Kitty is going to come and read our second reading for us. A reading from 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 to 5 and 13 to the end. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things, but we ought always to thank God for, for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> 